0: Okay, good morning everybody. Welcome to no breakfast, but we still have a class. So, so uh, yesterday a question came up, why we read Yonah, and why it's such an important thing that people bid so much money of who's going to get Yonah, and people want to, you know, they have to have Maftir Yonah, the most important uh, part of, of Yom Kippur, it seems to many people. So the, the question is, why do we read Maftir Yonah? So the Beit Yosef says that Yonah is read in the Haftarah because it shows you how powerful it is to do Teshuvah. In the merit of doing Teshuvah, the people of Nineveh are spared and it should, it should push us that we should have the, the push within us to go do Teshuvah. The Orchot Chaim gives another explanation. He says, because it tells you that you can't run away from God. No matter what you're going to do, don't think you're going to be able to run away from God because you're going to be judged for your deeds, no matter what. So yeah. you might as well live up to it and do it. So the Sifat Emet tells us that we should realize that the world was created, that the, we see in the, in, uh, in the Mishnah, the world was created with 10 ma'amarat, ten, uh, 10 utterances. The Safadimid explains that just as Hashem created the world with ten utterances, we have to perpetuate the process by means of ten utterances in our task to renew creation on a daily basis. So the question is what was the first utterance? Because we only can identify <coughs> nine of them, and which were all of them. So we could assume that the first one is Bereshit Veta There's no amar, there's no saying there. But there had to be something mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. Bereshit. But, uh, lukim mm-hmm. We also see there; it says, mm-hmm. atahum, "So you have the spirit of Hashem or the wind of Hashem is running along the water." The last of, of them is, according to some opinions, mm-hmm. Naase Adam Betzalmenu Kidmuteno. We're going to make man in our image. In our image. Who's Hashem talking to? Rashi tells us, talking to the angels. Hashem is going to speak to the angels. Shows you, you should consult <coughs> with the people who are working for you before you make a decision. We have another, another opinion based on the Arizal that he writes in Likutei Torah. He says there, Vayomer Elohim Adam Who is he talking to? Based on the Zohar Kadosh and Pashat Pinchas. He says that Hashem created everything at this point, save man. Everything else was created. So what is Hashem doing? He's saying to all of his creations, join together all of you. This is what it says in the, in the Zohar Hadash. Join together all of you, each one of you, giving it a part of you. Aha. And I'm going to join you into man. And this is what the Zohar wow. says. It says, Naaseh oh. Adam, besalmenu kidmutenu, All of creation oh. contributes something to man. Wow. And this is Who why the term that? Adam, the Zohar Kadosh, and this is the Arizal writes. Wow. In, based on the Zohar. So the Arizal explains the meaning of the Zohar. And he says that man, Adam, is a microcosm made up of all the universes and all of the heavenly angels. When man rectifies himself through the study of Torah, through ma'asim tovim, he essentially rectifies every element within creation. Wow. But if chas Shalom he goes the other way, what happens? He messes up all of creation and all of creation is going to be angry with man. Only concerning the creation of man is the, fl- the plural form Employed. This is the idea behind Nasi Adam. Huh. So now, if we go from there, we're going to look at at uh, at what happens with uh, with Yonah. So what happens with Yonah? We see that Yonah wants to run away from the word of Hashem. He thinks that the word of Hashem comes. We have Nivuah in Eretz Yisrael. Maybe when I escape the borders of Eretz Yisrael. The Nebuah won't come, which is something that's, that's actually related to reality. The Nebuah is within Eretz Yisrael should be. So he's going to run away. What does that mean, he's going to run away? He's going to run away. He goes on a boat, and all of a sudden, what happens on the boat? The Ruach Elohim Merachever The wind of Hashem is moving the boat back and forth on the water. Hmm. Now what happens is... <coughs> The, the sailors in the boat, all each of them turn to their God to pray. Says the Midrash, the sailors represented the 70 nations. Every one of the 70 nations was represented on that boat. And they turned to their 70 different gods or whatever they're going to call them. And now yeah. what happens is, they go all praying, and where did Yonah go? He went downstairs in the basement. And he went to go to sleep in the bottom of the boat. And they come to him and they say, What we say when we begin selichot every single day. What's the line we say when we begin selichot?" Ben Adam. So person, get up from your from your slumber. (laughs) Who's Ben Adam? Yonah is Ben Adam. This is written about Yonah. Yonah, get up. Everyone else is praying. What are you doing? And you're sleeping. What are you doing in your sleeping? Now we see what happens when 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 Yona, when, when Yonah is is running away from Hashem, he represents all of creation. He's ben Adam. He's Adam. Adam is B'nai Israel. He's Adam. And what happens? All the parts of creation came to create Adam. Meaning the mineral, the vegetable. The animal and the speaking. Every part comes because because everything comes together within Adam. So now, Hashem, now what happens? It says a strange thing. The boat, the boat was going to break. But it doesn't, it says it in a way that the boat itself wanted to break. It's not like that the wind or the water was going to break the boat. The way of the language is, the boat wanted to break. What do you mean the boat wanted to break? So what we're saying is that the boat itself, the wood itself of the boat, the pieces of the boat, wanted to come apart because they couldn't tolerate that this was going on. We also see that Hashem, not only did He enlist the wind and the sea, and the ship to persuade Yonah to return to his proper path. But he also enlisted the people of the 70 nations of the world. Because we see in the in the story, the sailors became frightened. They cried out, each to their own God. The ships counted. He got up, he said, how could you sleep? Get up, call to your God. Perhaps your God's going to come. We're not going to perish. Chazal elaborated on this in the Midrash Tanhumah. Rabbi Hanina said, all 70 nations were represented on the ship. Each one had his own God. They agreed that the God that would answer them and save them from the calamity must be the true God. Each one stood up and called to his God, but to no avail. Yonah, in a state of unrest, what did he do? He went to sleep. The captain went to him and protested. He said, what are you doing? They asked who he is, and Yonah said he's a Hebrew. And they said, ah, we know that God, he did miracles at Yamsuf. Maybe he'll do a miracle for us. And we see there that Hashem enlisted the domem, the inanimate elements, the medabe, the human elements. And now we see also that Hashem is enlisting the animal life. What happens? Hashem sends a large fish and it says, interesting enough, it says dag gadol. Dag gadol is masculine. But when he gets spit out, he gets spit out from the female. What do you mean? If he got swallowed by a male fish, how does he get spit out by a female fish? So the the Midrash says that what happened, he was in the male fish swallowed, but he had plenty of room. So he was okay in there. Wasn't so bad. And then what happened is, Hashem told the male fish to spit him into the female fish. And according to Midrash, I don't know what it means. Hal could explain better. She had her embryos within. So it was all crowded. He had no room inside the female fish. And that's when he started to turn to Hashem. And then Hashem spits him out onto the ground. Then we have, he goes to Ninveh. The people, uh, they're going to do Teshubah. And he's upset. And he goes out to the desert. And he's sitting in the sun. And he's complaining about the heat. And Hashem makes a miracle. And what does he bring? He brings somer. He brings the aspect of vegetation, which we didn't have. Ah. And what happens? Hashem sends the kikayon, and the kikayon, this shady, leafy plant, it grows above him, and it gives him shade, and he's very happy. Then Hashem sends a worm into the kikayon, so that it withered, and he gets very upset, and he says he's so upset he wants to die. Hashem says you're so upset about a tree that you didn't do anything. I shouldn't be upset about 120,000 people in one of the greatest cities. So the lesson that the Arizal brings from here is that we read this on Minchah Yom Kippur because if a person is swayed by the Yetzir Hara not to act in accordance with the will of Hashem all the elements of creation which are part of his being will unite to combat him in a battle to the bitter end. The wind will stir up the water, and they will wreak havoc in his world. The heavens and the earth will oppose him until he returns to Hashem. The opposite also holds true. If a person chooses to fulfill the will of Hashem, all the elements of creation will unite to assist him in his efforts. Wow. That's really the bottom line of the of the whole uh, wow. of the whole of the whole Yonah. Wow. That you could control everything, and you're important in this world. <laughs> Bless you. We think we're not important. We think that, you know, who are we? Who am I compared to everything else in this world? So just, I I, I tell the story. I think I tell it every year. I'm just going to tell you, tell it quickly. Arturo Toscani. He's born in Parma, Italy, 1867. He's an Italian conductor. He has a brilliant mind. And one of the beautiful things about him is when Hitler, Yemach Shemo, when he fired all the Jewish uh, uh, musicians... From the Philharmonics in Germany Who hired them? Toscanini He hired them in Italy And he made A a Palestinian Philharmonic group And he actually saved so many Of their lives Uh. Because they came to play with him And their lives were saved So he had a biographer And the biographer was interviewing him In the end of his life In the last decades of his life He was living in Riverdale And he was interviewing him and he said to the, the biographer said, tomorrow, could we meet? And he said, no, tomorrow at one o'clock, I'm actually going to be listening to a concert on shortwave radio from, from uh, Europe. My old uh, Philharmonic, they're going to be playing this certain uh, concert and I want to hear. So I arranged to have a shortwave radio there. It was in the fifties and they're going to have the shortwave radio. I'm going to hear the concert. He says, could I come listen with you? He says, you can come listen with me on one condition. You don't say a word. He said, okay, I'll come. He comes. He was, and in, America? He was in America. They're both in America and Riverdale. He comes and he's listening. After the war. This is in the 50s. Yeah. He's in America. And now they're listening to the concert. At the end, the, the biographer says, wow, that was really beautiful. And Toscanini looks at him and says, no, not really. Mm-hmm. He says, what do you mean? He goes, there's supposed to be 15 violins. There were only 14. They <laughs> were missing one of the violins. And the guy, the biographer, <laughs> listens, says, we're listening on shortwave radio, okay? To a concert on the other end of the world. It sounded perfect to me. How could he even imagine that he knows they were missing a violin? <laughs> so the next day he calls up the conductor, who was who the conductor of the, uh, of the, the group, and he says, was there anything, was there anything amiss yesterday? Anything with the violins? He goes, actually, yeah, we have to have 15 violins. One of the people called in sick, we only had 14. <laughs> so he goes back to Toscanini. he says, I don't understand, how could you hear that they were missing one violin? He said, I heard there were certain notes missing from the whole concert. You wouldn't hear it. You were just hearing beautiful music. But I know that every note is crucial. And I knew that they couldn't play those notes because they were missing a violin. Mm -hmm. To me, every note is crucial. says, what's the lesson? To Hashem, every one of us is crucial. Every Mm -hmm. one of us has a note to play. Every Mm -hmm. one of us has a role to play. Every one of us has a purpose of being here. So we have to realize that we're needed. We're here. We have a purpose. We have something to do. Not only that, we have to go to the next step and realize that if we do what we're supposed to do, all of creation cooperates us with us and helps us to succeed. But if we don't do what we're supposed to do, because we represent all of creation, all of creation will become angry with us and attack us. And I think this is the lesson to walk away from in Sefer Yodah. Baruch